Good morning. How are you doing this morning? Did somebody say bad? Oh, oh, good. Okay. My hearing's not what it used to be, you know. So I'm Carrie Bayshore. And uh, thank you. I'm an educator. Uh, I teach at Puamo Westphalia High School. And I teach mathematics and psychology. And uh, this year they gave me my fitness class back. So I teach weightlifting and nutrition and fitness. And they must have figured I needed it. I don't know. Uh, uh, so, so this morning, uh, let's, let's just get started in some prayer. So the uh, first thing I want you to do is just take a deep breath. <sighs> just let it all, just relax. Um, we just uh, sang the song about oxygen. And, uh, and the Lord uh, uh, is our oxygen. He's our breath. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we uh, come before you. Father, with Christmas over and a new year on, on the loom, Father, we just, uh, um, just seek your presence this morning. Father, we just pray that we would uh, hear your voice. Father, that you would uh, change us, that we would be changed as, as, as a result of being here this morning. Father, you desire to transform us. And so, Father, this morning, we just uh, offer this time to you. Uh, Father, keep our minds focused. Keep us not thinking about the future or, or the past, but, but to be in the present. And, Father, we give this time to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. So this morning, uh, Rick called me a couple weeks ago and said, Hey, I'm out of town. Uh, Chris is doing the wedding thing for his daughter. Jake just got done with with three services here, would you, would you step in? And I'm thinking to myself, first string, second string, third string, fourth string. Okay. <laughs> I'm a coach. I'm an old coach. So uh, fourth string. Now, the Lions are on their third string quarterback, and you see how that's working for them. Okay, not so well. So, so I'm thinking, okay, I, I got this. I mean, you know, what, what can happen, right? I mean, what can? So as I prayed to the Lord, the Lord says, you just need to talk about what you've been through. And uh, so this morning, I, I want to talk about transformation. And, and, and what lo- the Lord laid on my heart was Romans 12, uh, 1 and 2. And Romans 12, 1 and 2 uh, says this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And this is from Romans. So I'm going to talk about uh, uh, transformation. And of course, um, we had Christmas this week. And Christmas is about God fulfilling our greatest need. We needed a savior. We needed someone to, to come down and rescue us. We need forgiveness. Uh, we need a relationship with our creator. But now we go back into our normal lives. How many of you have taken your Christmas decorations down yet? Anybody? Okay. Christmas tree down? Okay. All right. Some of you are diehards and that. But we start put, putting away the Christmas and start looking forward to a new year. 
So one of, some of the things that, that uh, are on my mind is, how am I different? Just went through Christmas. How are you different? Went through Christmas, went through the celebration, family, presents. Maybe you've gone through Christmas and maybe you've suffered loss and it was a tough Christmas. How are we different? Did Christmas change us this year? So these are, are, are some of the things um, that I think about. Now I'm going to lay it bare this morning because this is kind of who I am. Uh, it, it, some of the things that haunt me. Some of the things that, that bother me. And this one right here, this verse from the Bible has always haunted me. And it says this, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the will of my Father, who is in heaven, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoer. That one gets me. I'm like, oh man, do I know him? Do I know him? Does that, does that strike a chord with anybody? I was like, do I know him? This morning, I'm going to get a chance for you to introduce yourself to him and he to you. Another verse or another saying that's always haunted me all my life is by Henry David Thoreau. Thoreau was an author and he went into the woods, Walden's Pond, wrote this, and he said this statement that strikes my soul every time. He says, most men, or he'll say the mass of men, lead lives of quiet desperation. And then they go to the grave with the song still in them. And I look at my life and I go, am I living a life of quiet desperation? What's my song? What's my song? So, um, I know it sounds kind of dark. I'm listening to the radio channel surfing. Pink Floyd comes on, classic rock station. I, Pink Floyd. And they got this song called Time. And this song starts off with all these bells and chimes going off. And it's about time and how life goes on. And you get older and you get older and you get older. And this verse gets me every time. It says, every year is getting shorter, never seem to find the time. Plans that either come to naught or half a page of scribbled lines. Hanging on in quiet desperation is the English way. The time is gone. The song is over. Thought I'd have something more to say. And I look at that and I go, wow. That's dark. That's sad. But then I go, but wait. Jesus, he promised something different. And I love this. He says, the thief comes only to steal and destroy. But I've come that they may have life and they may have it to the full. Put another way, in another version, Jesus said, I came so that I have, I have real and eternal life. So that they have real and eternal life. More and better life than they'd ever dreamed of. And I think to myself, Jesus came so that I, so that you could have a better life than you've ever dreamed of. Now, I deal with young people, 17, 18 years old. They're at the beginning of their lives. They're just making decisions. Do I go to college? Who do I date? Who should I marry? What should I do with my life? What is my song? 
That's what they, they, their questions they, they have. And so I look at this and I go, Jesus says, you can have a full life through me. So this raised some questions. I know you're thinking, this guy's got a lot. This guy's just like, woo. So here's some of my questions. What does it mean to be fully human? What does it mean to live this life that is full that Christ promised? Another question is what is a full life? What does it look like? Another question, what does it mean to be alive in Christ? The scripture says that in Christ we are fully alive. And last question here, what should I be transforming into? What am I supposed to become? What, is, what does Jesus want me to look like? What is my song? And that's a question I think we all have to answer in our lives. What, what, am, what am I supposed to be transforming into? What am I supposed to do with this thing called my life? And it doesn't matter my age, whether I'm young or whether I'm more mature. It doesn't matter. What is our song? So transformation, right? This summer, I got into transformation a little bit. Monarch butterflies. I love monarch butterflies. I live on a farm. And I see monarchs, and I hear they're kind of in danger. So I started just taking a little bit. Now, the monarch, it's amazing. It's the milkweed plant. I used to spray these dead on my farm. I just went, weed. I didn't realize that the monarch butterfly will lay its egg underneath the leaf. So those monarch butterflies that come in March and May, April, May, They come from down south. They were hatched up here in Michigan last fall. They lay their egg. And then the caterpillar, the egg hatches, the caterpillar does nothing but eat the milkweed. It's all it will eat. And then it turns into this chrysalis. The caterpillar will crawl off, and then it will hatch into another monarch. Now, a monarch will go through four life cycles in the summer. It's only the last life cycle that that monarch will fly south. So when you see those monarchs, so I look at transformation. This summer, I, I, I studied, I went, wow. And then, because we're in a new year, and I teach a class on fitness, I thought about physical transformation. Because we always thought, New Year's, right? The diet commercials are on. And we've got these before and after pictures. You know, hey, this was me before the diet, and this is me after the diet. So, yeah, so, okay, I don't know who this guy is, but he must have did the P90X. And, uh, wow. So, and then I started thinking about psychological transformation. I grew up a chubby kid. And this movie came out right at, as I was beginning that special time in life called Puberty. And it's about this loser in Philadelphia, no name, out of shape, no purpose in life. And then he got a chance to fight the heavyweight of the world, heavyweight champion of the world. So he starts training and we watch Rocky go through this physical transformation, but more we watch him go through this, this, this emotional and, 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 and uh, emo- uh, psychological transformation until he becomes this champion. And I go, wow, I like that transformation. And then we talk about spiritual transformation. And spiritual transformation is what we see in Saul on the road to Damascus when he encounters Christ and he's no longer Saul. He's now Paul. He's been changed 
in an instant. So we look at transformation, and we, I think we all deep down crave it. I think we, we all um, uh, love it. So there's different types of transformation. There's sudden transformation, which is what we had with Paul on the road to Damascus. And we like sudden transformation. We like to see this. I've got a small little clip here that I, I uh, want to show you. It's from a Christmas movie, and it's about transformation. Because Christmas is about transformation, isn't it? It's about pe- people being transformed. Uh, so um, watch this little clip here and see if you don't recognize where it's from. Get me back. Get me back. I don't care what happens to me. Get me back to my wife and kids. Help me, Terrence, please. Please. I want to live again. I want to live again. I want to live again. Please, God, let me live again. Hey, George! George! You all right? Hey, what's the matter? Now get out of here, Bert, or I'll hit you again! Get out of here! What the Sam Hill are you yelling for, George? You... George? Bert, do you know me? Know you? <laughs> you kidding? I've been looking all over town trying to find you. I saw your car piled into that tree down there, and I thought maybe you... Hey, your mouth's bleeding. Are you sure you're all right? What you... Fine. Not a smidge of... T- <laughs> Hallelujah. Hello. 
George! George, George, darling, where are you? Now, doesn't that make your heart just go, whoa, all the annoyances in George Bailey's life, all the things that he just, he was transformed to, to see the good. So I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, my story. When I was 18, I grew up in, in, a, in a church, went every Sunday, loved sitting next to my grandmother in church. At 18, I heard uh, the gospel message that Jesus uh, came to save us. He died on the cross for our sin. And I made a decision that morning at 18 to follow Christ. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I just went, I, I, need, I need what you have, Jesus. I need what you have. And uh, so I answered that call and uh, um, went to college, found myself at age 31, uh, divorced. Um, my life kind of falling apart. Um, on the outside, I looked pretty good. On the outside, I looked like things were going on. I was a teacher, I was a football coach, basketball coach. But on the inside, not good. And uh, I um, met my wife, Mandy. And as we just tried to decide on this thing called marriage, I kind of went, Lord, I... I don't deserve this, first of all. I don't deserve just even another chance. And uh, um, got married, and the Lord started breaking me. And, and, he, and he broke me pretty good. He told me that he still loved me and that he hadn't forgotten um, my decision at 18. Um, and he did something amazing in my life. He transformed me. He changed me. I could feel it. I could feel something changing in me at 31 years old. And at, when you're at 31, you kind of go, well, I kind of know myself pretty well. Something was changing. I had to figure out. had to figure out what was going on. I opened up the Bible and started reading Scripture. And I started going, oh, my goodness, this is what, this is, uh, this makes sense to me. This is, this is, wow, this stuff is real. And so that changed my life. It just, it just totally flipped. So 12 years ago, I had a, uh, a run-in with my, I call it the evil trinity in my life. Um, fear, 
anxiety, depression. Anybody, anybody recognize that? The things I've always battled with in my life, fear, anxiety, and depression. And uh, I call it fad because I just wanted it to pass. I just wanted to go through it. And, and the Lord took me through a season of severe panic attacks, and that led into depression. I struggled with going to work. I struggled with just getting dressed in the morning. And I said, Lord, just get me, help me get dressed this morning and get me to school. Just get me there, please. Just get me there and I'll thank you. I'll praise you. And he'd get me to school. Lord, get me to lunchtime. Lunchtime would come and I'd go, thank you, Lord. I found I was just totally stripped of all my strength. I found I was totally stripped of all dependence on myself. And it was all God. It was God that got me through. It was God that got me through those hard times. Um, So last Last year, I'm sitting Thanksgiving service, and uh, Rick was up here talking. I'm being thankful. And I'd had a rough year last year. You know, I've been teaching for 36 years. And I kind of go with my song over here. Is, uh, is my time done? Everybody I run into is going, when are you going to retire? Hey, all your friends have retired. Boy, everybody, you know, I, at teachers' meetings, boy, you've been teaching longer than I've been alive, you know? Wow, you could be my dad. You could be my grandpa, you know? I'm like, oh, man. I started questioning and doubting myself. I started doubting my effectiveness as a teacher. I started going with my song over. Is it time to move on? And uh, Rick had this sermon, and... Uh, It was on November 25th, 2018. I wrote it down. And uh, Deb had read, his wife, had read a book called 1,000 Gifts. Now, I'm a teacher. I'm not into gimmicks. And I'm not going to go, go out and read this book because I haven't read it yet. Just like my transformation at 31, I'm trying to figure out what is happening in my life. But Rick said this. He said, um, this book talks about writing down the small blessings into your life. Write three a day till you get to a thousand. And then look. Look back. So I went, yeah, why not? Things aren't going so hot. I'm going to start writing down my blessings, you know? So I did. Now, I don't know whether you guys have... uh, Remember these books? Right? How many of you have one of these? Oh, see? Sweet. I'm wondering what to do with them, right? I'm listening. Man, there's a lot of nice blank pages here. So I said, you know what? I could keep my blessings journal right in there. Just write down three blessings. And... I started writing, and then I felt God saying, you know what, Kiri? You want transformation, you know? Pick up a pencil. If you want transformation, bring your Bible to church. If you want transformation, um, write down sermon notes. Take some notes. Why not? 
The Lord said, you know what, Carrie, you're a teacher. Been a teacher 36 years. Why don't you become a student? Why don't you actually become a student? Jesus was called Rabboni, which means teacher. And he wants to teach us. So, if you have these, these are great, great books for taking sermon notes in. They're great books um, to just journal in. They're, they're open. I just didn't know what I was going to write in these when I first got one because I went, man, there's a lot of pages. I don't know. So, I started this this happiness journal, or you could call it, this grateful journal. And this was my first page, um, right here on the left. Pretty simple. You can see where I started it, November 26, and Christmas lights. Um, my son petting our dog. Pillows I put up there. My dad turning 82. I went, I'm thankful. These are things I'm thankful for. Saturday, Saturday morning quiet. Beef is our dog. So I, I put this. And then I hit 1,000. About, I don't know, October of this year. This is what it looks like now. I, this is, I'm up to, I don't know what I'm up to now. Um, 1155 is what I'm up to. Because I got to 1,000 and I went, why stop? Why stop? And you know what I found? I found I was going through the day looking for blessings. I was going through the day going, I'm going to write this in my journal. I'm going to write this. I didn't carry it around with me. I just went, I'm going to just remember it. That leaf, that last leaf in December twirling down to the ground. Wow, I hung on a long time. Wow, what resiliency, you know. The sunrises, sunsets have been brilliant this week. We've had amazing weather. There are blessings all around. This place is dripping with blessings. And then I found that um, I started being transformed. I could sense myself changing because I was looking for the good. I was hunting the good, as they say, as veterans uh, that have been through the military. They'd say that in the military, hunt the good. Right? Go through and find. Um, so I started not taking things for granted. And I found myself going, there's God right there. There's the Lord. Lord, show me your blessing. I started having these conversations with God. And uh, even in the smallest, tiniest things, I could see God's hand could see God working. And I went, oh my goodness, you're, in, you're all around us. You are, are just waiting to bless us. All we need to do is be present. Not be thinking in the future, nothing, but be present. Like right now, God is blessing you. And you might be going, I'm just asleep to it. I just don't realize that God is blessing us every moment. And we need to praise him for it. So, like all changes... Like all changes, I had to find out why. So I started reading the book. I'm not through it yet. But I came across this word. It's Greek. It's called eukalisteo. Eukalisteo. And it is Greek for thanksgiving. It is the act of thanking God in every aspect of your life. And the root of this, if you notice, is kalis. Which is, which is Greek for grace. You know, when we say grace, 
That's what we're, we're thanking God. So grace is in there. Also look at the root word there, kala, which means joy. That in the act of thanking the Lord, there's joy. There's joy. Um, now some of you from a Catholic background might go, I, I see the word Eucharist in there. Because to a Catholic, a Eucharist is the host, right? It's the, it's the wafer. But the word comes from, from thanksgiving. It's thanksgiving. And so you look. Here is Jesus. Last supper. He's about to go to the cross. He's about to be betrayed. One of the worst possible experiences. And you know what he does? This word shows up right here. He takes the bread. Eucharistio. He thanks the Lord. Here's another time when I thought, oh my goodness, he's thanking at this time? It's when he's out front of Lazarus' tomb. The shortest verse in the Bible is, Jesus wept. And it's recorded in Luke, Jesus wept. If you want to learn scripture, that's a good place to start right there. You got it memorized. Jesus is weeping over the death of his friend. And you know what he does? He turns right around and goes, I thank you, Lord. I thank you. Even in the hard times, even in the roughest times, he found the ability to thank God. So I want to show you just a, this, this, uh, this little uh, clip about thanking the Lord in the little things. <laughs> I'm alive! I'm alive! Yeah? Yeah! Uh, yeah. Uh, hey, Christine! You're here too! I love you! I know! Dad! What's happening? <laughs> Honey, the power works! It's coming! It goes on and off! Whatever we want! <laughs> We've got clean water! Oh, that's great. Look at that. Ooh. I bet I know what this does! Rain down the glorious water! Ha! <laughs> Shoes. <laughs> oh, what do we got here, guys? Food! Mm. I love food. What? A big thing? Maybe not have work? Everything's a gift, people. Everything is a gift. The next breath you take is a gift. And the thing is, we just take it all for granted. Like we're owed it. We're not. We're not. We're supposed to live. Be fully human. Be fully alive in Christ. So I, I, I've got some action steps here because as a teacher, as a coach, I go, what can we take from this? Well, first of all, 
This all is not from you. It can't come from you. It can't come from inspirations. Can't from, be from watching an inspirational speaker or whatever. It comes from God. People, your transformation comes from Jesus, having a relationship with Jesus. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, we're starting a new year. And boy, what a gift to yourself. If this morning was the morning you decided, Jesus, I don't know who you are, but I want to know. Jesus, I made a mess of my life, but I, I hear you're in the forgiveness. Jesus, I, I need you. I want to be transformed. Like, like the blind beggar, when Jesus said, what would you like? And the blind beggar says, I want to see. I want to see. And it, that's all you need to do is to say, Jesus, I want to see. And he'll answer that prayer. Now, um, sorry, I'm an emotional guy. Um, I'm not going to apologize. That's the way God made me. Um, James says, you don't have because you don't ask. Ask me. Ask me and you'll receive. Ask me. If you haven't asked this morning, I'm hanging down here after the service. You come down. I'll help you ask. All right? That's the most important thing in all of our lives. There's nothing more important than your relationship with your father. Outside of that, this life is meaningless. You're just waiting to die. Okay? You won't have life to the full. Oh, it may look like you have life to the full. You may have all the cool stuff and a great job and the family and the whole thing. But people, in the end, you have to ask yourself those questions. You have to ask, is my song over? Um, here's another one from Psalms. It says, you, God, have made known the path of life for me. That God will give you your path for life. And in your presence is fullness of joy. When you're present in my life in those daily little moments, I have joy. That's where I can get my joy. And then Philippians 4.16, don't be anxious, right? About anything, but in everything, by praying and petition. And with thanksgiving, that's what I love about 416. It's talking about don't be anxious, but be thankful. It, 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 with thanksgiving, present your request to God. The second step, get serious. Okay, quit playing around. I had to. I had to I'm sitting, in, sitting soaking in sour and every week here. And I'm sitting there and I, heard, I felt God going, Kiri, become a student. There's nothing wrong with picking up a pen and writing. There's nothing wrong with spending some time with me every day. I, so I got little things here. I have little devotions. If you want, if you want to start a devotion, New Year's is a great time to start. Right out here, we have these daily breads. Right out here. Terry's out there. Give her a hug and say, hey, I want a daily bread. All right? Just something, if it is, just something, um, Take time. Open the word of God. See what God is speaking to you. What he's saying to you. All right. Um, prayer. There's online devotionals. My wife gets the word of God every day. She goes to dailyaudiobible.com. It's an app. And, and, and so as she's getting ready, I'm hearing this man coming out of the bathroom. Man's voice. And I'm like going... That and it's Brian, and he's reading scripture over my wife, and I love it. I love it because she doesn't, as she's getting ready, she's just 
having scripture poured over her. Um, and then one thing the Lord laid on me, I got I, I to gotta do some house cleaning. Usually uh, at the end of the year, I'm home on Christmas break and I'm cleaning. I did the carpets yesterday. Um, I'm cleaning out the junk. But the Lord wants us to clean out the junk, the stuff that is distracting us and getting us away from him. So some of the things that I listed in my life, um, sports, like to watch a lot of sports, um, Netflix, and all this stuff is good. It's just as it consuming, it's a, it's a balance. Social media, news, are there any news junkies out there? You know, any, any, you know, I mean, these type of things are okay, but I found that I struggled with saturating myself with sometimes the negativity that can come from it. And then at work, and this is one of my issues, complaining and negativity. I have this little band on my, on my wrist to remind me that why should I complain about the gifts God has given me? Why should I? Why? So I had these little reminders. I, I have this reminder in my classroom. My classroom's a little bit different than what you're used to seeing. So um, there it is. I put scripture on my wall, but no one knows it's scripture, but you guys just found out. So um, I have this in my, my room. My room, I painted the walls. They're cinder block. I hate them. So I painted the walls, and I got barn siding up there. I'm breaking fire code, of course. Um, and I got my Bob Ross painting that I did. I, I got, you know, Bob Ross with a big afro. And I put this up there, and kids don't know it, but I, it's a reminder for me. It's for me. I need to guard my heart. It's the wellspring of our soul. And so, um, uh, I li- like little reminders. These are called Ebenezer's in the Bible. They're stones. And I, I did a stone for today. I've got stones all over my room that have different, different Hebrew, Latin, um, Greek. Eucharistale is what I wrote out in Greek. Okay? I'm going to put this in my room. It's just a reminder to be thankful. And I think we need these little reminders around us all the time. I don't think I can. All right. And then this scripture really, uh, see, cleaning out the junk is not just about cleaning it out. It's about filling it. Whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. See, God wants us to dwell on his blessings. He wants us to dwell on what's right in the world and how he's blessing us. He, he, he wants us to dwell on these things. And the last action step is this. Take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Now, what does that mean? I don't know what that means for you. For me, it means um, I need to sleep. Sleep's our number one health issue, by the way, in, in the United States. I'm a psych teacher, and a lot of our issues are psych, are psych, are, are sleep. Overeating is a, is a sleep issue a lot of times. Anxiety, depression, sleep issues. All right? So, so take care of, guard your sleep. Don't go without your sleep. Take some time, make sure you're getting adequate sleep. 
Another thing, what you put into your body. See, the Lord wants us to put, transform us, right? Reprogram us with what's true, lovely, noble. He also wants us to physically take care of ourselves. What we eat, what we take into our bodies is so important. It's so important. I teach it to young men who are lifting weights. And when they buy in, they start going, I'm being transformed, Mr. Bashir. Oh my goodness, I've gained five pounds. I've got muscle. I've got strength. And I'm going, you're right. When you eat right and you exercise and move, your body is made to move. It's not made to sit all day. It's made to move. I, I move at lunchtime. I, I, just, I, I could walk. I'll go, I have a weight room. that I move at lunchtime. Rather than sitting in the lunchroom like I used to complaining about this, blah, blah, I got up and just started moving. I, I, I needed to do something different because it wasn't working. If what you're doing is not working for you, if it isn't working for you, change. Change. Because that's what God wants us to do. He wants to transform us. He doesn't want us the same. We are not the same. So, um, so they said, well, how do you want to end this? I said, I, don't, I, I want to end this this way. Every morning, my special needs son, Caleb, on the way to school, says, Daddy, I want this song played. I said, what song is it? Good, good father. Daddy, I love that song. And I go, yeah, yeah, we've heard it about the 50th time, you know. But the other day I got into the car and I was in a foul mood. I was just in a foul mood. He said, Daddy, I want to hear good, good father. And I went, okay. And that song washed over me. And by the time that song was done, I went, Lord, forgive me for my foul mood. Forgive me. You're a good, good father. And so I put up the lyrics here. And uh, I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like. But I've heard the tender whisper of love in the dead of the night. Have you ever done that? Have you ever, in the dead of night, when you can't sleep and things are on your mind and you feel God and you're talking, a great time to pray and talk to God is when you can't sleep, okay? My best prayer times are in the middle of the night. And when this song, it speaks to me. And you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone. Oh, I've seen many searching for answers far and wide. They want to be transformed But I know we're all searching for answers that only you, Jesus, only you can provide these answers. Because you know just what we need before we even say a word. You know it. You're perfect in all your ways to us, even the bad stuff. And it's love, it's so undeniable, I can hardly speak. And peace, that's so unexplainable, I can hardly think. And you call us deeper. God's calling you this morning deeper. Now, you can ignore that call, or you can go, I feel it. Because the Spirit, when He starts working, you can feel it. 